0: welcome to the nba hangout where we talk about what's happening around the league each week i am your host brandon with me as always is dave dave how are you uh things are good how are you i'm doing just fine we're into week two of the nba and we have we have some things to talk about hasn't been a super exciting week but there are still some things that we can get into so let's uh dive in shall we yeah let's go Earlier on in the week, uh, Dame came out with a little um, clip saying that um, one of the things that helped him make feel, make himself feel comfortable with joining the Bucks is Giannis came to him right away and kind of told him that, look, this is your team. When we need to, when we're in the final minutes of a game, you're going to be our guy for closing, closing out games. And I think that's really interesting and a good thing for di- their dynamic because we know late in games, Giannis has the free throw issues. And other issues when it comes to having a consistent move to consistently get good offense. And Dame kind of just clears that up. And if Giannis is a willing participant in sacrificing his own game to better the team, I think that can be something that helps him on later on down the road. How, uh, how do you feel about that?
1: Uh, I, you, you know, I think I think Giannis is is really honest in that, like he understands that that Dame does have more options at the end of the game um as as Giannis's kind of go-to play at the end of the game is just like power like give me the ball yeah. and I'll go to the net and good things will likely happen but you're right like yeah. like he's got a bit of a free throw issue um and uh and he's not likely to like you know a high screen and roll step back and into a three that's not that's not yeah. Giannis's game but but Dame has all he's, that he's and he can give point. it to Giannis
0: yeah yeah exactly he could still give it to Giannis and you know Giannis has tried the, the three-point thing and it's just not really something that he needs to be going to and I think having a guy like uh, Dame out there who's willing and and loves those type of moments is is really going to be good for them later on like there's Further issues with their bench and their rotation that they kind of have to work uh, work out like right now they're down twenty to the hawks um, and that's because not because Middleton is out but that's one of the reasons why it's making it harder for them to have any consistent play is when some of their main guys are out then you're you're losing a lot of what makes them special so something to track as
1: they keep going yeah, on yeah i mean <sighs> the M- milwaukee's milwaukee's a team um like, like they got Dame late in the, the offseason building cycle. They're, they're a team that, you know, could really look a lot better if they had just, like, one or two more role players. Um, yeah. And, like, it, it, it'll likely come this year. Uh, I th- I think Middleton, though, is going to be an X Factor all year, and he's going to be a question all year. Is he going to be... The Middleton that helped them win the championship, or is he going to be a lesser version of that? And in which case can they can they move that player for a more championship, you know, um, ready player? Like, like if Middleton has kind of passed his point, which would be really awful to say, because he's a really fun player, and probably exactly yeah. what the Bucks need right now.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. Like he, he is the type of player, like that wing player who can guard some of the other wings around, around the conference. Like you look at like um, Jimmy, or if you're going out west, if you do make it to a finals, like a LeBron or a Kawhi out there, Booker um, that you might have to KD that you might have to throw throw a wing defender on. You would you would like it to be Middleton last year in the playoffs? It didn't look too good with Middleton. He was coming back from an injury, so that was that kind of held him back, but. If he's not going to give you that production, then yeah, they're going to have to look at either in the buyout market, if one of those guys kind of frees up, not typically those type of guys do, like maybe a Covington uh, gets free out of the Clippers or something like that. or they're gonna to have to look at like the the trade market, which I don't know how much stuff they have left to really trade. If you don't want to include Middleton, if
1: you do want to include Middleton, then that might open
0: up some uh, more
1: options. Well, I, I think I think they're now at the point um, where like they're they're all in as a team. Um, there's there's no mm-hmm. coming back from this. They're in that same point that uh, LA's in. They're in that same point that Miami's in. Like right now, it doesn't matter. You're all in. Don't think about the future. Mm-hmm. Any asset frees itself up; it's usable for right yeah. now. Yeah. No.
0: Yeah. Exactly. You have to. Yeah. When you have uh, these windows like that, with like this, when you have such a great player in Giannis and and Dame, then you have to make sure that every year you are putting the best
1: possible product you can out there. Um, yeah, yeah, you just you just mortgage the future, and it'll hurt. Um, but you know, sometimes. Sometimes it turns around quickly. Like uh, I thought that uh, I thought LA's downturn was going to be a lot longer than it was, but they managed to they managed to get LeBron, and then they managed to turn every young player they <laughs> they acquired into AD. <laughs> and you know, suddenly, suddenly you're in a competitive window again, right? So it's yeah, it uh, it doesn't have to be a decade long rebuild. Um, San Antonio's not going to be a decade long rebuild. Um yeah. OKC might, but they might also be the deepest team in the NBA.
0: Yeah, like they they have lots of options there. And even OKC, like they were in the playoffs maybe five years ago with PG and Westbrook. Oh, like true. it wasn't yeah. su- it wasn't super, super long Good. ago, but they I think people expected them to be worse for longer. And they kind of just like Shy ended up being better than we all thought he would be and kind of just accelerated that, that timeline for them. And they've hit on every single draft pick. And when you hit on every single draft pick, it makes your, your life a lot. When you have a million draft picks to begin with and you hit on a couple of them, it makes your life a lot easier to to, to deal with. That is
1: fair. Yeah. I mean, like how many teams, like, look, look at, um, look at Washington. Washington has had a million draft picks and they don't hit on them. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah, and and well. the worst part is it's gotta it's like it's tough when Johnny Davis, for example, was picked. You know, nobody was like, oh, that kid's gonna that kid's not gonna make it. Um everyone was yeah, like no, tenth yeah. pick, Johnny Davis looks good, looks like he's uh Solid player, good point yeah. guard, good first step. It's got all the all the makings of an NBA lead guard. Can't get himself out of the G League. Right. Yeah,
0: just doesn't pan out. Yeah, a lot of these guys, they have that. They have that. Um, they have that name coming out of uh, college, university, wherever they're coming from. Now, so many different places um, that that you you expect or you feel like that it is a good pick. Like teams aren't making these picks thinking they're going to be bad. No, no, <laughs> like no <but> one. <laughs> some works, some but
1: don't.
0: some. Some are going to work and some aren't going to work. That's just the nature of the situation they're put into, and and the team that they're they're a part of, and the players' mentality and all that type of stuff, kind of meshing together. And sometimes you get gold, and sometimes you don't. It's just the
1: the way it goes. Who thought Who thought Jokic in the second round was going to be like pure shiny platinum gold? Right? Like, yeah, no, you know, a lot of teams, every team, platinum, yeah, so. at least once, yeah. <laughs> so no.
0: At least once, so, so so no one was really high high on him. But look, it, it pans out. Jimmy was a a thirtieth pick. I think Draymond was a second round pick. Ginobili's a second round. Like you never know when when these guys are going to pan out. Like, it's sure, it's great to have like all these all of the draft picks and all all that type of stuff. But actually nailing them is a whole other beast that I have to you know kind of commend OKC for being able to do. Um, Cause it's not, it's not, it's not easy finding the right people for your, for your system. No.
1: And, and, and finding those right people will be the challenge that like the bucks have. Right. So they just need, they need one or two more. And, and this team feels right. Feels like a proper contender because yeah. Boston feels like a proper contender. Um, you know, the nuggets feel like a proper contender. Um, LA looks a lot better than last year. Uh, because that they're much deeper and they're much more balanced and their team makes a lot more sense. And that will be yeah. that'll be the Bucks' challenge throughout the uh, the regular season this year. and that's just to get get a little bit more balanced and become like truly, truly a team that can like they can absorb, you know, a player sitting. Yeah an injury. Right? Yeah. yeah yeah exactly exactly right now they can't do that and yeah the goal is to be able
0: is to be able to do that um even with the lakers there um i think what's benefited them is they've gotten the they've gotten the help of not making too many moves this offseason. They've added a couple players here and there, but they got to keep majority of the players that they added from the last trade deadline. Yeah. So they've gone all those guys into the system, the same coach and everything to really go over what they want to accomplish this season and how they want to play. So hopefully that can bear fruit um earlier for them than it did last year because they've had that that continuity
1: to to go through. No, it's it's honestly like it's it's absolutely true and it's um it was just kind of like it was the bummer part about about Dame landing with the Bucks when he did, right? If if he had if he was like, "Hey, I want to be traded and the only place I want to be traded is Milwaukee." Um mm-hmm. and it got done at the beginning of the offseason and the Bucs had a chance to like, you know, fill in the fringes of of the roster. Uh they'd look a lot better, but Dame wanted to go to Miami. Mm-hmm. Um, and that had repercussions because, you know, Miami, they put, they put their off season roster building on hold as well. Right. They let, they let players go that they probably would have retained. And, um, yeah, you know, these, these things just have, they have ripple effects. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and with, with, uh, the team building, um, there's a lot of young teams now that are quite exciting. So it's like, which one of these young teams do you think can can make that step forward and can go from rebuilding to an, a playoff team to a competitive team, sort of like kinda like how the Kings did the, the last the last year? The Kings and the Cavs did the last couple of years. Uh, and which teams do you think still need a, a little more refinement? Like if I if I gave you the Spurs, Detroit, uh OKC and the Magic. Would you say those are which Which of those teams would you say uh, can make that next step into into becoming a more certified playoff team? So, uh,
1: so I, I think I think Detroit's going to make it this year. Um, I just I believe a lot in Cade Cunningham, um, and I mm. I think there's a lot there. Jalen Duran is quite a quite a good young player, um, and they've just got a lot of stuff. And I think they're I think they're in a position where they'll be willing to. Um, go out and make a trade or two to kind of kind of reinforce winning and reinforce. I think mm-hmm. I think the really important thing for Detroit is like their core players are in place. And now it's just really about, yeah. you know, um, putting them in positions to win. And I think I think San Antonio's probably in that place as well because I think Victor Wembignana, uh, just moves a team along that quickly mm-hmm. right that quickly, like yeah. as much as as much as it's kind of annoying listening to like the national media just like fawn over him if if you mm-hmm. watch any of the highlights if you watch any of the games it's you know it's it's it's, 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 it's worth fawning <laughs> over um, yeah, and, yeah, yeah and so I think I think San Antonio is is uh, is going to be moved into that position rather quickly. Also, they take like, they take so much of, um, so much of their like culture from their coach. And I mean, who, who's better than pop, right? Um, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, so that foundation is really good there. And and with that too, like the coaching in, um, in Detroit, there was mm. Monty going over there too. I feel it's the same, same type of thing where it's like their, their culture that he's kind of brought over right away you can kind of see the impact with the the players he's playing how he's playing them like i think right now they're th- in the top 5 in defensive rating or something like that so like it's early small sample all those things all those qualifiers we know but yeah. even to even just to show off off the off the top that they're going to come with this defensive men, uh defensive identity with uh Durin kind of anchoring that defense Cade being a, a great um person to put on guards because he's bigger and um, he can he can do so many things that way and also uh, sir uh, Thompson um, also being a a great defender in those positions I think having those three as your main core right there leads itself to having a really good defense like they may not stay in the top five they might be a top 10 defense because you know they're just they're still young they're going to make their mistakes um, and all that type of stuff but having Monty there to kind of implement a proper culture which I don't know if Detroit really Got that? The last couple years with a a proper culture, with a proper um, uh, vision for what they want to be in the future. I think now, after these first first few games,
1: I could actually see what they're trying to do and a way for them to actually get there. Well, I I think in the last couple of years, like Detroit was on a team was a team that was like trending downwards, and um, you know, probably last year they could have started trending upwards, but Cade got hurt. And I yeah. think he drives just he just drives so much of, um, the play for the team. Not just being the the, the point guard and the lead playmaker, but being being the team's like go to star, right? Like LeBron doesn't have to play point guard to to drive, you know, the team forward, right? Uh, everything, um, yeah. And so I think you know, Cade getting hurt last year and and missing most of the year. Now we finally get to see like Detroit on the rise and, and all of those, all of those good habits in place that like Monty can instill are all. Yeah. What you want to see. Right. Uh, You know, you, you asked earlier about the four teams. I think, I think OKC and the magic though, like they both, uh, they both have the same kind of luxury in that, like they're rising naturally. They have a good, a lot of good young talent but they're mm-hmm. they're so early into their competitive window that they don't need to make like a move yet you know um yeah. they can be patient they can wait till the right player becomes available because if if you look at if you look at like okay who's available right now it's it's james harden and do you want james harden he's on the wrong side of 30 he's uh he comes in and he changes your team completely. He's a heliocentric yeah. player, um, yeah. despite all the the amazing things he can do for you on offense. Um, he, you know, so so you're yeah. you're waiting for the right and kind James, of player to come along, and and yeah, and they can be patient. And James is only.
0: Yeah, J- yeah. OKC, OKC for sure can be patient. They don't need to get a guy like like James. Um, they're probably looking at s- some type of big. <laughs> whenever they can get, whenever they can get a big, that's what they're going to wait for, or they should wait for. Um, is, is to get a big in there. James, James going to one of those teams doesn't make sense for James. I don't think I don't see him buying in, in into those type of cultures right now. Just because, yeah, like you said, wrong under thirty. Um, He'll probably buy in for a championship team right now to like play a little less heliocentric, to be a little more off ball, to buy into team concepts a little more. Um I think if it's a team that's not um just a playoff team but is is like looking to win a championship, then yeah, James James could be that guy for a few of these teams. Um but yeah, for like an OKC or for like a magic, I don't I don't I don't see that marriage <laughs> working out too well well. No, nah, just be patient. Um,
1: those those teams just yeah, have to just, be
0: patient. It's just has to be patient. Somebody can come along.
1: And the ma- right?
0: Yeah, and, and the magic. I I don't know about the magic. Like I'm still I, I feel like they might still be in that um rebuilding phase. Like I think they might need a one or like I don't I'm I'm not too high on the pick that they that they have this year when the, uh, what's his name, Black.
1: Oh yeah that they dropped it oh, yeah. this year. Okay.
0: Yeah, like it wasn't too with all the like they just drafted Suggs. They have Cole. They have um, faults there already. Like I, I, I'm finding trouble to find where he's gonna play or where all those guys are gonna play. Um, That's a fair point. Yeah, um, it's just it's just too many, too many, too many of the similar type of players that they have to give give minutes to so they could properly. Um, grow so i know that they've been looking at moving cole anthony at some point so i I think if that happens and that kind of frees some frees things up for the rest of the guys um but I, I feel like the the magic can be a team where they can kind of win some games here and there show their potential here and there but not go too crazy <laughs> this year if possible if it does happen it happens but i wouldn't be upset if i was a magic fan if they didn't um like make the playoffs this year? No, no. If
1: if um, I was a Magic fan, I'd just be looking for like I want the team to be fun. I want I want yeah. to see some growth from some of the individual players. Um, and honestly, I probably want another top ten pick. And then yeah, I want to yeah. take stock of the team, and I want to I want to see where we're at. If I'm a Magic fan, um, um, and yeah, I think I think trading Cole Anthony is is probably probably the right fit now there it's yeah because he's like their guard scorer
0: like i like you're not really looking at folds to to score or Suggs to score like that and cole's kind of like the the one guy on that team that that fits no no
1: well and so like the thing about folds and the thing about anthony black is that both of those teams are or both of those teams pardon me both of those players (laughs) um are are more like distributors, which, you know, works really good when you have like a Franz Wagner and when you have a Palo Banchero. Um yeah, and you yeah. wanna like you wanna drive more more of your playmaking and more of your offense through your front court, right? Which right, you yeah. know, I think they have the right kind of players to do that, right? It's just it's yeah. just saying that, yeah, I, I think you're just at this point saying Palo Banchero is our is our star, and we're we're gonna mm-hmm. build this team to, yeah, him. to best use his his skill set and best make him successful. Um,
0: yeah, which is which is what they should be doing, to be honest. Because Paulo's what number one pick, he should be the guy that you're you're looking to build around and, and to see the the growth from. Also, Wendell Carter, I'd like to see. i like to see how he does. just like Wendell this Fetter. year. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He seems like a nice guy. <laughs> good guy.
1: Who doesn't like a good <laughs> like guy? See him do Come well.
0: on. <laughs> trying right. to do well. Um, Chicago traded him, and Chicago, on the other hand, right now, is looking like a bit of a mess. You have Levine the other night scoring 50 points, but I was going through some of that game. I was watching back some of the tape from that game, and usually when a guy scores like 40-plus, you have like the bench or some of the other guys on the team kind of getting excited. Yeah for their for their team success, for the other players' success. When I was watching through some of the, the, the Levine stuff, it's like they didn't really care what, one way or the other that Levine was going crazy. Now, I know that they lost by, like, 15 points or so, but even that in itself, a guy scores 50, you shouldn't be that out of a game to begin with. It just feels like the energy there is kind of off. Uh, they had that um, players' meeting right after the first game. They won the second game against the Raptors, which was, I don't... It know was, if either team really wanted yeah. to win that game. <laughs> so I don't know what that says about either of those teams. Um but 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 they're in a place now where they made all these moves a couple years ago to say that they're gonna be a consistent playoff team. I know it sucks what happened to Alonso because he was a, a pretty key factor in what they wanted to accomplish, and it doesn't look like you're getting him back this year either. Um, so my question to you would be: do you think the coach is going to be on the move first or do you think some other roster moves will be the first thing that goes and they'll give Billy another chance with this roster?
1: Uh, so, so I think, I think it's a lot deeper than just the coaching. I think, uh, I don't think you have a players only meeting after one game. Um, if you don't have some, like some culture problems, right? This is, right. this was a team that was put together a few years ago to be good and yeah. And, and Lonzo got hurt and that put a big monkey wrench in things. And they just, they didn't kind of get over the mountain. And now, now much like the team that they actually beat the Raptors, they're just a team that for a few years has been going, we'll just, we'll just kick it down the road a little bit and see what happens. And um, you know, the Raptors switch their coach, which I think buys some time. And if, if the Bulls want to do that, it'll buy them time, but it won't do much else. Like it won't fix the the internal. Problem, no, yeah. I, the, I think, uh, I think Levine will be, will honestly be the number one, uh, star available come the trade deadline, him or Pascal Siakam. And, uh, you know, I think, I think he'll be gone. I think Demar will be gone. I think Vooch will go. Um, And unfortunately, I just like you, you put these things together, you run them out for a couple of years and you see if you see if they're a contender. And if they're not, uh, you just, you gotta, you gotta kind of blow it up again and, uh, and try and put something else together. And yeah, especially since like none of these guys are like, young. no. And that's, that's that's (laughs) the thing, right? Like you don't have time to wait for Lonzo to come back. You don't yeah. have time to see yeah. if Patrick yeah. Williams develops,
0: right? Um, he's not going to develop with these guys. Are. Like even if you want him to develop, see if he will develop with such ball dominant guys with Levine and, and um, yeah. Demar. It's just so hard for him to get anything going on his own, or for him to really um, experiment with his game at all um, because of because of that situation.
1: Yeah, exactly. So and. <laughs> And when you're a team with with the aspiration of winning or making the playoffs or or whatever the aspirations might be in Chicago, which is probably making the playoffs, um, yeah, you know you're gonna you're gonna put Levine in front of Patrick Williams, right? Because yeah. development's yeah, not trying to win, important. Yeah. is important, right? exactly, um, exactly. Yeah. But like you talk about guys just not really being too fussed about like Levine's 51 points, right? Like that happens when you don't, when you don't have a tight team and when you don't have a tight team, like you, you don't win in today's yeah. NBA, right? Like this is, yeah, this is yeah. the best of the best. You, you gotta yeah, be firing yeah. and in it every way. Be, yeah. Even if you don't like each other,
0: you guys got to understand what the goal is for the team and, and, and come together to, to reach that goal, which yeah, it doesn't look like over in Chicago that that's what's really going on.
1: Um, Right now, no, but it'll be at, fascinating at all year, right? Like, if if you're a Chicago fan, it's probably gonna be like yeah, infuriating, but yeah, like uh, <laughs> nails on a chalkboard. But for the rest of us, we're like, oh, I, can my team get like Zach Levine yeah, can, for yeah. nothing? Because mm-hmm. Chicago's a mess right now. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna yeah, be trade yeah, exactly. trade machine fun. Like, yeah, exactly. And who doesn't love who doesn't love a little? Trade Everyone machine? loves the trade <laughs> machine. Come on.
0: Yeah, exactly. And and speaking of that, though, there's a couple of teams there that last year, they had success, um, Cavs and the Kings. And sometimes when these teams have like that one year, first time in the playoffs, get that success, it's hard for them to kind of repeat. Um, do you have any worries with the Kings or with the Cavs of getting back to that stage again and maybe doing even a little bit better? Kings... Uh, got knocked out in the first round to uh, the Warriors, and the Cavs lost to uh, the Cavs lost to the Knicks in the first round, which probably was a little bit of a, an upset for them because people kind of had them pegged a little
1: higher than the Knicks going into that series. So the the Kings, the only thing that that, that worries me about the Kings is that they're a roster of guys that have been like traditionally a little um, inconsistent throughout their careers. Yeah. Right. And like last year was like lightning in a bottle. Everybody was good at the same time. So, you know, um, I hope that, you know, De'Aaron Fox gets back to the tippity top. I hope that Demontis Sabonis is awesome again all year. Mm -hmm. But like, I also don't, don't like expect that kind of consistency from those players. Like, Like they're not LeBron. They're not Kevin Durant. Right. They're, they're who they are, right? Yeah, and, like, are, there's yeah. so few players that are just that consistent all the time. Um, but, like, I think the Kings will bounce back. I really do. Yeah. My worry about the Cavs is um, is all the talk about Donovan Mitchell and this question of mm-hmm. whether or not Donovan's, like, truly bought into the team, right? Like, there's yeah. there's a lot of talk that he wants to, like, go to free agency and just, like, let the bidding begin right like yeah. he's talked openly about wanting to be you know in new york um which you know i think a lot of us just like basketball fans have all wanted to see we all want to see new york better we want to see donovan mitchell there we want to see it would be fun you know, it'd be fun to have yeah like Donna. we want to yeah. see showtime basketball in new york right yeah, yeah. um but that said like the Cavaliers don't care about that. They just, they want to be good don't and win. they want to win. And like, yeah. and, and when there's a question surrounding a player of Donovan Mitchell's like tenor, um, and you're, you're in your truly competitive window because like, I, I do think that, I do think that the Cavaliers want to win like this year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think, I think, I think they're in a conundrum, right? Like, I, yeah. I really, I really hope that they can get as much clarity from Donovan as possible as to like what he wants to do and that they They can can plan around it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Because especially if, if see the issue comes when the players don't kind of communicate or the players and the front office don't have that communication with, with each other when they don't communicate what they both want going forward. Cause like, yeah, if Donovan, i always go back to that OKC example with uh, Paul George. Paul mm-hmm. George went to them, signed his extension with them, but had like a wink-wink deal that if things kind of go south, I would like to be traded to these few teams. Um, but it was all kind of done quietly, so we didn't really hear about it until he was traded type of thing. Um, I think moves like that help both uh, a lot better because it helps keep the leverage with the team so they feel like they're getting what they want. Um in a deal, Uh, and um, it it makes the player feel good because he gets to the place where he wants to go. Like, I think the issue with what Dame did, for example, in in contrast, is Dame came out hard and heavy saying, I only want to be with one team, one team Miami. I want to go to Miami. And the agent kind of told other teams, don't even bother trading because he's going to Miami type of thing. I think that really put off the front office of Portland. Like, I don't think they appreciated that. No, No it puts him in a tough spot, right? Like, how do you negotiate? Yeah. yeah and then Miami's going to be like we're not going to give you everything cuz he doesn't want to go anywhere else, right? Why should we actually give you a fair a fair uh, offer. Um but um, no matter how Dame felt in that moment because he might have tried to do the Paul George route and they weren't they weren't uh, reciprocating that to him, but you still kind of got to maintain that um Level of keeping it under wraps to kind of get to the places where you want to be. So I think if Donovan uh, can kind of do what Paul George did with the Cavs, it can help both of them out in the long run um, tremendously. If they if they can move that way, my issue with the with the sorry with the Kings is um, they all bought into the system last year because they didn't do it. Um, They didn't get to make it that far before. They had a fresh coach with uh, Mike Brown come in with with a lot of energy. He has a lot of energy, a lot of personality himself. Um, So I want to see in year two if they can carry that energy through Mike Brown and carry that all the way to to another playoff seat again, or if that kind of wanes on some of the players and they're like, I don't really, you know... This guy is coming in with a lot of energy. I don't really need, need that in my life right now. Or if they can handle that and, you know, do it another year, buy into the system one more time, see that they did reach that success the year before and, uh, and move forward with it. I think it's something to, to watch for, for them, at least.
1: Well, if, if, if I'm like Mike Brown, then I'm, I'm preaching like, hey, last year, the work you did last year, that's the minimum right like yeah. that's the level of work you need to do if you want to make the playoffs right like cuz yeah. you guys don't make the playoffs very often so if you want to make them this is the this amount of work do. you do but yeah. you didn't win the championship so you clearly have to work even harder and if you've got a problem with this then like you're not you're not a, you're not going to contribute to winning you're basketball not cut, yeah. right you're not cut out for it yeah um which is which is fine you can you can find a place in the league and be on a team that doesn't win a lot, but, but like, you know, might, you know, you want to go out and you want to win in, in um, Sacramento. Well, then you have to play to this level and we have to find a way to get to this level, you know, a a level higher because yeah, that's just, (laughs) this is the NBA. This is the best, the best league in the world. Right. And, you know in order to win you you have to make the fewest mistakes you have to play with the most consistency and you have to um you know like it's it's easy to say things like want it more but you have to want mm. it more and your skills have to show through those desires right yeah
0: um, yeah and i think uh having a leader like um fox who's been there when they haven't been good for so long and to see the success i think that's going to help like, if, if his relationship with Mike Brown uh, stays strong, I think that'll help them a lot. Like, I think that'll be really good. Because once you have – once the coach gets the top guy on their side, usually that's that's, that's the hardest part, getting the top guy to buy in. So.
1: Well, and, and Sacramento is like, you know, we were talking earlier about teams that are, like, leveling up, right? Moving their way forward, right? Sacramento is one of those teams that are probably, yeah. you know – they don't get the luxury of, of yeah. patience anymore. I think they're in there with like Memphis and New Orleans, where it's like now's the time to to go all in, to, to trade for one more star and then try and backfill the way that like Milwaukee has to backfill, right? Yeah, like yeah. like I, I expect I expect, you know, Memphis, I expect um, New Orleans and I expect Sacramento to all be very like active, okay, come active the trade bias. deadline. Yeah. Like yeah. these these are the teams that are gonna be looking at Zach Levine. These are the teams that are gonna be looking at Pascal Siakam yeah. and OG Ananobi and saying, you know, like we think we can get these guys, um, and we think these guys can be real difference makers, right? And because there's there's a lot of players who aren't difference makers. Yeah, they, but the, they go yeah. get. Yeah, But those guys
0: would like, especially like an OG, like an OG in um, Memphis or Sacramento would be, would be quite interesting. And I think from Sacramento's perspective, I think they have the pieces to move that would entice a, a, a younger team, like a team that's looking to go in a different direction too, that would, you know. Um, like you have like the Kevin Herders and stuff like that, where you can kind of move off that guy and not feel too badly about your situation. Like Herter did do them well last year, but like you said, he's one of those inconsistent players that sometimes you get good years from, sometimes you don't. So you would be willing to bank that you yeah. got your good year from him and you could move on and, and find that upgrade um, somewhere else. Uh, Cavs kind of mo- did that move by adding, you know, a little bit more wing depth with Max in the offseason to kind of balance that out a bit. Um, would still like to see a, a more certified wing on that team than then Max be their starter. He's playing. Yeah, lots they're, of they're right now. guards and centers. They're guards and centers. Yeah, the team. Centers. Yeah, guards and centers. You know, O'Kuro. I, I yeah. will say O'Curl has started off a little. Has started off well. Like he started off his season uh, quite well, and and Max has started well. But those two are still not the like you want those to be kind of like your role guys, not like your main, your main, main guys. Like I saw Max play like 44 minutes the other night. It's like, you don't, I know Garland didn't play, but you you don't want him to be playing 44 minutes um,
1: every night. No, and and I think ideally like Isaac Okoro is more of a, more of a big two guard than a small. Yeah, exactly. Same thing with three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Um, but that, that just comes back to like, like, balance right so as much as as much as going out and loading up a team with like top talent is definitely like a way to build a team you know when you have a singular position that can be exploited that can be attacked by a, by a another team in the playoffs that's always just going to happen right yeah. so you you do need you do need a certain amount of balance at least in your starting five that like you can go out and hang with mm-hmm. everybody right yeah. um or so. you can
0: make you can make you can make a uh, scheme adjustments to to hide those weaknesses if need be, yeah. Uh, if if you need to, yeah,
1: yeah. Well, but it's tough, right? Roster building. It's it's the funnest part of the NBA. Mind, <laughs> it's right? fun. It's like fun. It's some fun. people like dunks. <laughs> I like a good trade. <laughs> yeah, good good thirteenth man signings. Right, like come on those but things matter
0: those things those things are important and with that i think that that does it for this episode of the nba hangout i would like to thank everyone for uh checking this out staying tuned like and subscribe wherever you can um you can follow me at bjay93 underscore and on twitter or at twitter, whatever you call it nowadays you can follow the podcast at the nba hangout and you can follow dave here next